Welcome to the Amazing Stories podcast by Play to Your Strengths. Play to Your Strengths is a Minnesota-based nonprofit that helps people discover their unique strengths, imagine the possibilities, and write a compelling life story. This podcast shares the value and insight found in people's amazing stories. We hope that you enjoy the following interview with a community leader. In today's episode, we're joined by Drew Bowe, the founder and director of Managers on a Mission, which is an organization that exists to develop Christ-centered future leaders of the sport industry. You'll be excited to hear Drew's personal story of how he got involved, how he founded this organization, and his passion for the future of the sports industry. Let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about Managers on a Mission. What was your initial dream of founding this organization? Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Maddie. And um, Managers on a Mission, it was actually started out as a class project. Uh, so when I was, um, uh, my background at the time was working in the sports industry. I was fortunate with some great opportunities of uh, just kind of pursuing a career in that after uh, studying sports management at the University of Minnesota. And uh, it just so happened uh, while I was in grad school at Virginia Tech, uh, was afforded the opportunity to go on a mission trip that was just a life-changing trip uh, in many ways um, for me. And in particular, it was a trip in which the Lord really put this, I, this I guess you could say, vision on my heart of um, really just seeing how the sports industry was able to impact those, uh, the children in particular that we were working with at the orphanage in Rwanda. Um, but then also seeing the impact that those children and those missionaries had on me as someone pursuing a career in the sports industry. And um, uh, long story short, the when I come back from that trip, uh, one of my final projects for grad school was to create a, a nonprofit framework of if I were to ever create one, what would it look like? How would it be funded and all of those things? And so... Uh, course just ran with this again uh, vision that the Lord had put on my heart during that trip and um, you know I'd always thought that it was uh, something you know maybe way down the road when I retire or you know uh, if I win the Powerball or anything like that uh, <laughs> would then take a chance at um, you know it becoming a reality but it was it was again never really in, uh, in my mind going to be anything more than a class project but obviously the Lord had uh had some different plans, and um, we've, of course, been trying to keep up with him ever since. One of the things that I think is the most amazing about your story is the people that you impact, because you have athletes, and yet you also have people all around the world that are experiencing your mission. Can you talk a little bit about that investment and how that works out? Yeah, so I think that's the, the beauty of, you know, really just a, a servant leadership model, and you know, so again, as you mentioned, our focus is, our focus from a from a ministry perspective is on raising up these future leaders of the sports industry to be men and women who are going to use this platform for God's glory, and and so so we're of course, you know, in terms of a direct impact, you know, really our focus is just on, um, you know, again these men and women here in the U.S. sports industry, but. We believe that the the biggest way that we can help these men and women to grow in their um, grow in their faith and to become the type of leaders that we 
uh, we desire for them to develop into is by engaging them in servant leadership. And so that's where, of course, then provides us the opportunity of not only uh, impacting these men and women, but then being able to impact, of course, the, the kids at the orphanages or the schools or the um, partner churches that we're working with throughout the world as we send these men and women out and push them into, you know, a sort of a uncomfortable, um, you know, environments or, that are going to challenge them and stretch them. Um, and, of course, then experience and witness, you know, them not only grow as they walk into those opportunities and are forced to uh, forced to step into those experiences, but of course then also seeing the impact that they inevitably end up having on uh, those that we are able to work with uh, in terms of the youth, um, you know, again, really throughout the world. In that, um, what have you really enjoyed about being a leader in this? Yeah, yeah so it's a... Um, say a, a lot of things. This is honestly, this entire uh, experience has, um, you know, I think opened me up to a lot of things that I would have necess not necessarily identified as things that I uh, would have expected to enjoy or to um, uh, be successful at. And, um, you know, again, my background was, was pursuing a career in the sports industry and, um, you know, and, and was very much enjoying that. And, um, you know, I, had, I, I didn't have any uh, business experience or I didn't have any, um, you know, experience in a nonprofit or anything like that or even necessarily the, the education. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, as I've been going through this, I've really come to realize, um, you know, I think ways the Lord has... Uh, gifted me in, in particular areas there and, and uh, even more so of, um, you know, the joy uh, that it brings for me to be operating in some of those, um, those areas of, you know, I just really, I really do love the, you know, we're a very unique nonprofit in that we're almost entirely self-funded through our e-commerce operation. And, and so I absolutely love the, the opportunity for, you know, sort of the entrepreneurial components of our organization and to, um, you know, and to be focused on, uh, you know, a lot more business uh, type things. Um, in addition to just the, the strategic thinking in that, you know, we are such a unique organization in terms of our focus being on this very unique demographic of future leaders of the sports industry. And so, um, you know, really just, uh, you know, have an opportunity to be very, you uh, innovative and strategic in regards to our programs, in regards to how are we going to reach these men and women throughout the sports industry and how are we going to help them become men and women that are going to use this platform for God's glory. And so just so many of those different components, uh, again, in terms of the, the strategic thinking and, and sort of vision, uh, in addition to the entrepreneurial components that, again, if you were to have asked me after college if, you know, are those items that I could see myself uh, working in or, you know, um, enjoying, I, I don't think I would have ever been able to identify. Talk to me a little bit about um, a challenge that you have faced. I'm always curious about how leaders confront challenges. Why did you take that on and how did it go? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's there's obviously been uh, inevitably many different challenges of, um, you know, and things that I've uh, you know, of course, 
have stepped into or, you know, have, uh, have resulted from, you know, mistakes I've made or, um, um, yeah, or again, just really been blind to. Uh, and I think I, I struggle to pick out, you know, maybe one in particular in, in terms of a challenge. Um, you know, ultimately what I think has really been the focus for me uh, and that has helped in regards to to challenges is um, when I was at, uh, when I worked at Virginia Tech with the football team there, the uh, our head coach is well-known, Frank Beamer. He had a, a mentality of, um, uh, that he would always share of take care of the little things and the big things will come. And that's a, men a mentality that I've, I've just always loved. And I believe is biblical in terms of the stewardship that we're called to. And, um, you know, when you look at the parable of the talents and, um, and so what uh, the mentality we've really tried to embrace is just this, um, you know, again, simply do the next right thing. And, um, so again, no matter what that challenge looks like, or no matter how big it seems, there's always, of course, one step that we can take that we are able to take. And so, you know, is, is kind of, uh, uh, basic or, you know, stupid, simple as it sounds. Um, I really believe there's a lot of truth in that mentality. And that's been, that's again, been, um, what I believe is, has really helped us to get to where we're at right now. How, how have you decided to build your team? As you've grown with staff members, what do you specifically look for to, to surround yourself? You know, the type of people I love working with personally are individuals that really embody our core values of, we've, we've identified the core values of, um, number one, individuals that have humility um, and who are going to put others above themselves. Um, number two, they're driven. And so, um, you know, just very determined to, um, to give their best effort and to really continue to, um, you know, again, do, do everything that we do with all of our hearts. And, um, and then lastly, uh, as stewards, individuals who are going to take seriously the responsibility of stewarding um, what the Lord's entrusted to us. And, you know, ultimately everything is, uh, is of course, his and so and that even goes to you know this organization in itself um you know the idea of impacting uh future leaders of sport and the idea of this whole you know clean out for a cause collecting used sports gear all of those things are again items that he has given to us and so i uh, want to make sure that the individuals that we bring on here are individuals that are are going to take that um that opportunity seriously well, I wish that our podcast listeners could have had the tour that I received before we yeah. sat down for our interview, but um, your facility here is very impressive. Thank you. And I can just tell there's this sense of entrepreneur yeah. spirit, mm -hmm. and I really like that. I'm curious, where do your creative ideas come from, or as you're growing, how do you continue to learn and, and foster that, that spirit of creativity? Yeah, absolutely. That's been... Um, you know, I would say one of the, the bigger adjustments for me of, um, you know, understanding that that is one of my roles and responsibilities as the leader of this organization is continuing to cast that vision and continuing to, um, you know, provide that, uh, you know, creative
direction and, and everything. And, and so, um, you know, so it has been a, a very much a learning experience for me of understanding that uh, since that is such a significant responsibility, I do need to uh, allocate appropriate time towards that in that, um, you know, it's easy to, uh, I'm very much a, uh, you know, a, a doer of, you know, unless I can, you know, be crossing something off the checklist in terms of a task accomplished or things like that, um, I can often, uh, you know, feel as if I'm not being productive, but understanding that uh, that is, of course, part of the process. And, um, and so for us in particular, a huge thing is um, just really have a, a very uh, huge commitment to prayer in terms of, um, we actually just finished up uh, every Monday morning, we have a uh, leadership team uh, comes together for about 30 minutes in prayer, um, just praying over all of the different items going on and praying for the Lord to uh, provide the direction and wisdom there, in addition to any of my one-on-one -on -one meetings with leadership staff here, uh, will always begin uh, in prayer as well. And so that has been something uh, for me that is, has just been so big in terms of just continuing to try and, uh, again, surrender to the Lord and, and ask for, for him to provide that direction, that vision. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Amazing Stories podcast. We hope you've been encouraged by today's episode and tune in next time for another amazing story. In the meantime, you can find more information at www.playtoyourstrengths.org. A year ago, and truly, when she sent me her um, resume, uh, our first phone conversation, I said to her, Okay, you're smarter than me. Why do you want this job? <laughs> I love it. And she is. And she goes, because I have kids. Just kind of start raw. It'll feel a little funny, but I'm just going to start with asking questions. And It's totally fine. I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, hey, good morning. Good afternoon, Julie. <laughs> As Hi, a Maddie. leader, what do you get paid to do? Well, I am the president of Amplify Mission Network, so... As a leader, I actually get paid to amplify the voices of two different um, groups of people. The first group of people I get to help amplify their voices are our nonprofit ministries that I work with. And because the nonprofits I work with are emerging, they often don't have a platform or a very loud voice. So I help them um, find their voice and uh, find places to uh, share their message. The other uh, group of people that I help amplify their voice are our partners. They often have gifts and talents, but don't know where to apply those. And so I help connect them with those emerging ministries to use their voices. Yeah, I think amplify is such a creative idea. And as you talked a little bit um, with me about what that name really means, I was curious, where did the big idea for this network, where did it come from? So we're about um, a little over five years old. We were part of a national organization um, called the Barnabas Group. So there were a group of um, actually middle-aged white men who decided to start a Minnesota chapter, but they wanted to do it differently than the national chapter. And so over the first few years, they realized that we might um, have a different um, way of doing things and so last 
July, we became our own independent entity called Amplify. So that's how we were born. Beautiful. And what do you enjoy most about this position? My favorite part is coffee or lunch or breakfast, listening to the stories of the nonprofit ministries. That is the most exciting part for me usually because I hear men and women tell me where the idea got planted or where God opened their eyes to a vision, to a mission, and then hear the steps that God walked them through to birth something. So that's so exciting to hear that. It just stirs my faith and my, um, my inspiration that God is at work uh, all over the place. And the second place I love is to hear our partners who connect with some of these ministries, to hear the transformation that actually takes place in their own life when they get their hands dirty and they get out of their chair and they start working with these ministries and realize that, that together they can have a huge impact in the world. What would you say that your strengths are and maybe how have they helped you to succeed? So one of my strength, strength finders, of course, is a big deal that everybody does it. And one of my um, top strengths is learner. And I think that has um, stood me in really good stead because I'm always learning and looking to learn. So I'm not afraid um, to tell people I don't know, help me understand, to go get more information or go find the experts that can help me. So I think the best way um, that I've been able to be successful and lead is to surround myself with people that are really actually much smarter than me and they help me be better. I love that. So how many people do you network with? I'm just curious, on a, on a weekly basis, how many would you say that is? Wow, on a weekly basis, I could probably touch between 50 and 60 people in some way, shape, or form. My inbox is usually pretty full most of the time. Um, and then I'm having lunches and coffees with people to hear their stories or find out if they're interested in sharing their gifts and talents. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say it could be 50 people on a weekly basis. Wow. <laughs> Is this a type of role that you ever thought you would work in? Actually, it's not. I, um, when I went back, um, when I thought about going back to work after I had some time off, I, someone challenged me to make a short list of the ideal job. And so I wrote down five things and I pulled that out um, about three months into this job to look at it. and. All five who I th and I didn't think those five went together so I didn't think it was possible to have those five together in one job but every single one of those five things were hit and I'm trying I didn't bring the list but I'll try and recall them right now one was I wanted it to have some international focus um, I wanted it to be flexible so that I could be the one making the decisions um, part of that has to do with my age um, and I wanted it to actually make a difference. So if I was n not working in, if the organization I was working for was not around, would people notice? So I didn't want it to just be um, making widgets. Mm -hmm. 
Kyle, I can't remember the other two, but when I um, got the opportunity to lead Amplify, it was a very, very small organization with about 30 partners, um, which are marketplace leaders, and um, really no pipeline of nonprofits in, in the works. So I was handed this um, tiny infant and told to grow it. And then they said, have fun. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I have an entrepreneurial um, background with my dad and my mom who just encouraged me to try new things. And um, so all those things stood me in good stead when someone gave me something and said, here, grow it, and I won't tell you how. Okay. So I, all right, let's keep going. Um, my next question I was going to ask was about a challenge that you faced and how you've overcome that. Something that might have seemed impossible to other people, but you dug in and got it done. Well, when I first read your question, I was thinking, well, it was probably having children. <laughs> but I thought that, that might not be what you were looking for. Um, and I'm not sure if I've done it successfully yet or not, but even though they're all millennials. I would say um, I am actually a single mom of three and raised three kids by myself and took time out of my, um, from my career to, to raise them because for me, I wanted to not ever look back and say, wow, I wish I could have, should have been available, more available. And since I was the only one in their life at that point, um, I wanted to do the best that I could. So. I took um, a, a good chunk of time off. So when I was looking at getting back into my career, having launched my last child, I thought, wow, am I relevant? Do I have anything to offer? I'm not sure I understand the tech world enough to be able to navigate it. So I had a, probably more questions and insecurities, but um, I, my parents raised a confident daughter and from a very young age told me that I was capable. And so I dug deep and remembered my roots and I also surrounded myself with some really good friends that were supportive. And um, my faith probably was the most instrumental in realizing God is with me in this. So I uh, jumped in head first and when I was offered a job to um, be president of a organization. I was um, intimidated but didn't let it show and I dove in head first and as I said earlier I surrounded myself with some really smart people that spoke into my life as I was trying to build out this organization and um, God actually so I'm a type A personality and a control freak my children would tell you. <laughs> And when you're in a situation where you don't feel in control, that's where God shows up and works the biggest, and that's where he showed up to work the biggest in my life at Amplify. Um, because there are so many moving pieces and things I can't control, my hands are much open, more open, and I hold things more loosely. And when you hold things loosely and more open, especially for me, God is able to show up in ways that I could never see him before because I was in control and I didn't need him. But um, in order to do uh, an excellent job with the ministries and the partners I work with, I need God to show me how to do that. And when I allow him to do that, 
um, he shows up in spades. So it's been so cool for my faith personally. And I think for Amplify has benefited from it as well. That's an amazing lesson to learn. It's definitely a hard one, but um, a scary one. one yes. Let go of that. Wow. Yep. Um, you've mentioned your parents as kind of mentors, but who are some of the other people that have helped gather around you or mentor you during your life? So more recently, um, there is a woman who's probably 10 years younger than me. And, um, it's funny when I look, um, if you're familiar with the strength finders, there's, um, the strength that's called woo and um four of my closest friends are woo and i always wanted to be a woo and woo. i am not a woo but apparently <laughs> i am attracted to woos as everybody is that's why they have the name um but this woman she's about 10 years younger than me has worked her whole life in many different areas and she and i were fast friends right when we met each other and she has been um one of my strongest supporters and advocates and also um probably one of the people that's easiest to tell me truths that are hard to hear, but because she's poured into my life and because um, I know that she loves me unconditionally, I can hear stuff from her that I can't hear from others, um, which has been really important in my growth um, because um, it's hard to hear corrective criticism um, from people when you tend to be a perfectionist and, and want to think you're already know everything um, so I, I would say she's probably one of the ones in the last several years that has been really instrumental in my growth and my move forward movement that's awesome yeah what's your personal theory or philosophy of leadership um, so because I'm an entrepreneur um, I heard this term uh, in the last year or two from a friend that I met who runs a very cool um, company called Studio E and they do entrepreneurial leadership and they do it for Fortune 100, 500 companies, the targets in the United House, um, with the f idea that we can sit around all day and have strategies and charts and, and talk about through things, but unless you're willing to actually activate on ideas, you won't get any information. So one of the things he taught me is the acronym MVP, um, meaning minimum viable progress. So the idea is you make a decision, take an action, evaluate the action, make another decision, Act, take another action, evaluate it, and you keep moving forward in incremental bits and pieces, and not the big ones that take a year to implement and activate, and you actually move forward and move your organizational forward much more in more quickly and in healthier ways because you surround yourself with a lot of voices and people have ownership in it, and it's not just a top-down approach that you need your whole team on it. So. I, I try and implement MVP whenever I can. I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, I ask uh, the people that work with me, I I throw a lot of stuff against the wall and, and I go, we'll just see what sticks. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> okay. And, and a perfect example of that was when we had this recent event, the John O'Leary event. Um, we had John O'Leary and, and I got Boyd Hooper to agree to be the MC. And then I was having coffee with... Um, 
a man who was going to present in November. Um, he has a works with African American youth um, or young men to help them navigate and be successful. And I knew he was a hip hop artist. And I said, "Hey, I know you're a really cool hip hop artist. Will you be a? Uh, will you sing at our John O'Leary event on May second? And and truly, that just came out of the core from the. I had no idea where that came out of. And he he said, "Well, you know, I'm going to be out of town, but my daughter, I bet she could do it." So I went back and told my team, "I go." We're gonna have a hip hop artist sing, and they looked at me like I had lost my marbles. <laughs> and somehow I just knew God would. This was a God thing, is all I can tell you. And the next thing I knew, her dad, who is also her manager, had written. He was so moved by John O'Leary's story, had written a song just for him because he was so inspired by John's life. And his daughter, Selena, sung it that night for the first time at the event and almost brought John to tears. So God takes even my um, wild, crazy, harebrained ideas and turns them into blessings. <laughs> yes, and I had the gift of being able to be at that event, and that was such a powerful way to open. That was the coolest experience. It definitely gave me goosebumps to listen to her. That's cool. I Thanks. didn't know that was the whole story behind it. Yes. <laughs> So this is maybe a little old fashioned, but it's where I um, kind of cut my teeth on leadership and have seen um, such great growth in um, young leaders. So when I was younger, I um, worked for a few summers running leadership programs for kids in the wilderness. So I led them in the Boundary Waters in the Quetico, which is the Canadian side of the Boundary Waters, and in the Spanish Peaks of Montana. And why I think that's such a powerful environment is, first of all, you can't take any of your tech stuff with you, so you're not connected to social media at all. So you leave your comfort zone, so to speak, and you're in a place that is going to challenge you on every single level, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you're with a group of people usually that you've never met before, and it is such a rich um, training ground for everything that's messy and ugly and, and um, hard about ourselves to come out and to have a safe place to process it and to work through it and to talk about it. I like it because it's not sitting in a room across from somebody having a conversation, but you're out in the environment being tested by cold and rain or snow or all the elements and you can see what parts of your personality come out, what different parts of the body of Christ you're playing, are you acting like the head? Are you acting like the heart? Are you acting like your bottom, <laughs> your behind, or your foot? And um, it's a place to process that um, at the end of the time, people, I believe, my, the kids I've worked with who have left that environment have seen a side in themselves, have seen a side of others, and have learned to communicate in a way that they never would have had the opportunity to had they stayed in their um, 
environment at home where um, everything is, um, you know, there are electric blankets on seven. How do you recognize or honor that potential when you find it? Okay, say for, more about yeah, that. Yeah, for, um, for a leader, is you do, I don't know if vetting would be the right word, but you recognize a lot of potential in multiple organizations, and it sounds like you've had that gift even with young people as well. How do you recognize that or identify, okay, they've got that thing and they can do something with it? So this probably sounds like I'm trying to, um, a little Pollyanna, but I have in the last um, few years been challenged that everybody has leadership potential. If we would stop and listen to their story and listen to who they are and listen to their experiences and validate them as people. And um, so, there are all kinds of different leaders. There are people that lead from the sidelines. There are people that, um, you know, lead straight up front. And so I've been challenged to recognize that everybody has leadership potential. And I used to just focus on the ones that led like me. And now I've been challenged to look around and realize that everybody has the ability to do that. and. They have different gifts and talents. We're all created in the image of God. Um, and so they lead from different platforms and different places in their lives with their different gifts. So I think the fact that um, I have been challenged to listen to others has been probably one of the most valuable things that I'm learning. Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, I guess kind of one more question, but what disciplines or values have been really So I was fortunate enough, I grew up in a really great home with really great parents who taught me that I mattered um, unconditionally to them. And so that gave me roots and wings. And um, they taught me the importance of um, honesty and integrity. They um, gave me the legacy of faith. So from an early um, child, I. I've certainly wrestled and struggled with my faith, but um, I always had um, that um, that um, foundation to go back to, even when I was very angry with God for things that were happening in my life. So I would say um, my faith has been instrumental and the foundation that my parents laid about the um, the importance of showing up um, and that you know that ties into our theme for amplify every year we have a theme and I take it from my personal life and it seems to usually fit with amplify and this year it's showing up so that's a key value that I have and I think our world struggles with showing up and so um, that's the continual challenge I have to myself and to others is to be present um, because when you're present to people, um, you have so much more ability to not only influence their life, but help them to um, see themselves and see um, God's love for them. Yeah. I don't know if I said that right, but anyway. You did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a little lost. <laughs> okay. Um, I had another question formulating. 
Okay. And I got into what you said. Well, it's going to come back. Um, oh, yes. Of all the things that you're working on, what is the next adventure or the next goal that you're excited about? So I love our Learning Academy. It is two years old, and um, it is growing and changing every year, but I'm most excited about seeing what has happened when you gather 30 um, leaders of organizations that are just emerging and growing together in one room. Because I just thought we'd be speaking into their ministries and their lives and helping them build a stronger business foundation of which to launch their businesses. But they are absolutely equally teaching me and each other what they can bring to the table and what they have been gifted with and their best practices. And so the community that's forming among these leaders and um, executive directors is a community that I think will be powerful in changing the places of need in this community in Minnesota and also abroad in the world. So. Um, I'm super excited to see where that goes. Yeah, that is a big undertaking and really exciting. I'm glad I get to be part of it. <laughs> Me too. That's so cool. Um, all right, my final question, it's one of my favorite ones, and I know I'm throwing you on the spot with this one, so okay. feel free to take some time to think. But my favorite question always is to ask, if you were to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award, who would you want to give it to you, and what would you want it to be for? Well, I know who I'd want to give me the award. I'd want my dad to give me the award. Um, he He's a very special man to me, and um, being a single mom, he acted like my covering for me and, and played a role in my kids and my life in a way that he probably wouldn't have had I had um, a husband. And... Um, that was hugely powerful for me and um, formed a connection between us that um, was really strong. Um, and I mean, this sounds sort of corny or sappy or whatever, but I'd like it to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I just, from a, when I was a little girl, I you know, I didn't have huge dreams about making money or making, you know, being a Olympic athlete, although I, I love athletics and, and am a competitive um, person in, in my sports, but um, in my heart, I just wanted to follow where Christ took me and do the best that I could where I was planted. What do people say? All kinds of stuff. That's exactly, yeah. I'm always curious because I know everyone's story is different and has different influential people, but I think it's, when we think about it, it's the people that are closest to us and the ones that we would love to hear them say, you know, the way that I raised you or the way that I encouraged you is the way that you followed through and did a really good job, which it sounds like, I'm sure your dad would say that about you. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Cool. Um, 
Those are the last of my okay. questions. Okay. I'm gonna stop this guy. Okay.